You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. Christ is risen. Yes, that one. Thank you. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Now what? This week I've been pondering that very question. If the crucified Christ is risen, now what? I like to think that the disciples are also asking this very question when they lock themselves behind doors and board up the windows. The scripture even says they do this because they are scared of the Judeans. And they also should be scared of the power and terror of the Roman Empire. If Jesus has conquered death, a death that was supposed to squash all hope and a movement of love, how do they know that they are immune from the empire's terror? And we also have to acknowledge that there is tension in the air. Betrayal and denial. Missing and wanting vengeance on their dear friend Judas. Fear of powers, fear that they are next. Relief that they are there together, at least for now. And despite all these tensions, Jesus keeps on appearing in their midst. Many have now come to behold Jesus in their midst, except for Thomas. I don't like how Thomas has been cast as the doubter for all time. He just wants to experience what everyone else has experienced. He wants to encounter the risen Christ in his midst. If anything, Thomas just expresses what many others are thinking. Is this really Jesus? Is he really alive? What does this all mean? What do we do now? Yes, Jesus is alive. We can see him. But he looks entirely familiar and entirely different. Thomas is keen to identify that he wants to experience Jesus' changed body in his midst. And it causes me to wonder, why does Jesus' body show up enfleshed, entirely familiar and entirely different with scars and piercings? I think that Jesus' resurrected body has scars and wounds, because of the story they tell. They tell a story of love, of betrayal, of assault, of anger, of freedom. And Thomas wants to know this is real by wanting to touch them. And I can only imagine what that would do to Jesus to have his body touched. And yet, Thomas is willing to ask why. Maybe he is on to something that the disciples are not. 
If Jesus keeps on appearing in their midst, not within a new mechanical body or a body that is draped in clothes trying to cover up the scars, trying to hide the pain of his followers that empire has inflicted and maybe even his followers, why is Jesus' body a scarred body and why does it matter? I can't think about how much vulnerability and courage it took for Jesus to be in the midst of those who he has loved and those who have betrayed him. I can't begin to imagine what it would be like to show up in a transformed body, not knowing how people are going to react, what they will think of you, how they will treat you. So this week, as I drove across the plains, I imagined myself in Jesus' shoes. Yes, I have some scars, not as nearly severe. Yes, I have pain and trauma, but not nearly as bad. As I drove to be with those I loved, I was exhilarated and terrified. For weeks, I had tried to plan out how I was going to respond to the questions and reactions each loved one of mine I was probably going to encounter. I built in self-care time before and after. I planned escape routes, excuses to use when things got too hard. How would they receive me as completely the same and completely different? And like Jesus, I attempted to cover up the scars, the wounds, avoid the conversations, keep the conversations surface level. I was so scared of my scars being poked and prodded. When I encountered each of my loved ones, I also saw this tension on their faces and in their bodies. I could see them trying to weigh what they should say, trying to be genuine, but then second-guessing themselves, trying not to offend, trying not to name the obvious, trying to stay at the surface level when the Spirit was begging us to get to the heart and get to the body. And I began to have empathy for them because when I think about it, them encountering me in their midst was just as risky and scary and life-giving as me encountering them in my midst. At some point in the conversation, one of us dared to ask a question or have a curious insight. And when that, when that happened, we both froze wondering if we had just stepped on a landmine, now what? Then with courage and grace, I began to answer. And the landmine did not explode. Rather, the crucified Christ showed up in our midst and we were showered with grace and love and mercy. This space became holy as we had the hard conversations, as we offered grace and offered confession, 
as we received grace and received absolution. My exit strategies were thrown out of the window and their uneasiness and scaredness to interact with my transformed body was carried away. This is how I imagine Thomas encountering the crucified Christ in his midst. Not denying the betrayal and change and questions and joy and grace in their midst, but actually having the courage and faith to name them with curiosity and hold them with mercy and compassion. Part of the beauty of this intimate encounter with Jesus and Thomas is that Jesus offers us his body. Something Tom, sorry. Tom, something Thomas wanted. And yet, Thomas comes to proclaim Jesus as Savior and God without needing to touch his scars. I wondered if at that time, for the both of them, they didn't need to physically touch the stories to know they were true. And it also causes me to wonder, maybe Jesus, when he and others are truly ready, would come to allow his scars to be intimately touched, but only when Jesus and his beloveds were ready. At one point during the week, I was changing, and my little nephew was running around the house, yelling because I had disappeared. As I hear him approach, I quickly try to pull on my shirt, pull it down over my saggy, loose skin. The trauma and sags and scars that create a panic attack for me when people see them. In that moment, Jesus appeared in our midst and with fear and trepidation from both of us, my nephew reached out with his tiny, curious hand and embraced my loose, saggy skin. I didn't pull away. He didn't scream and cry. He didn't point and laugh. He didn't freak out. And at that moment, he looked into my eyes and I wept. For we had encountered the risen Christ in our midst, not avoiding the pain and shame, but allowing the grace of God to rush in and settle us with a peace I was so desperate for. Many of you know that I openly curse my loose skin, calling it unlovable and disgusting. And my nephew hears countless messages each and every day about what bodies are good and bad, disgusting and unlovable. What features, from gender, to hair, to body size, to color, to ability. Instead, in faith, he touched and loved the parts of me I wanted to be immune from the love and grace of the risen Christ. And in fear and trembling and desire, I allowed him to touch and love a part of me I was convinced needed to be removed or cut off or hidden in order to receive his and Christ's love. The crucified and risen Christ shows up in our midst 
and offers us opportunities to experience the freedom of the resurrection with some physical touch and with all of us a level of intimacy told through stories and scars. Many years after the murder of Matthew Shepard, on an old rugged cross, a wooden deer fence in Laramie, Wyoming, Craig Hella Johnson wrote a choral work and organizes the movements to mirror the passion of Christ. When we come to the resurrection, Craig comes to articulate the resurrection this way. Meet me here. Won't you meet me here? Where the old fence ends and the horizon begins. There's a balm in the silence, like an understanding air, where the old fence ends and the horizon begins. We've been walking through the darkness on this large, hard, long, hard climb, carried ancestral sorrow for too long a time. Will you lay down your burden, lay it down, come with me? It will never be forgotten, held in love so tenderly. Christ is risen, now what? Meet me here. Meet me here in the midst of fear and betrayal, hesitation and false certainty. Meet me here with all of creation, with those whom we want to deny resurrection, with those who want to deny our own resurrection. Meet me here in the midst of Thomas and Peter and Mary's and Judas, and Jesus. Meet me here with your stories and scars. Meet me here and experience the freedom of the crucified and risen Christ. For Christ is most certainly risen. Alleluia. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org giving.